Hello and welcome to Deluded, Melbourne Demons fan podcast. Neats, a hell of a lot of things have changed in the last year, but the D's are exactly the same. Yes, so just to give our loyal listeners a recap um, of our past six months, we basically decided to voluntarily withdraw from the global economy in December as like a sort of premature strike against uh, the coronavirus. Mm. So yeah, we were kind of like profits really. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, So we decided to do that. So we quit our jobs in America as lawyers, moved to Mexico City for no real reason. Well, to learn Spanish and to have a bit of an adventure. That's true. An early midlife crisis. Yeah. Well, you take a sabbatical every five years, so it's kind of on brand for you, I think. (laughs) Um, But we basically moved to Mexico City where we don't, well, didn't speak the language and didn't know anyone. Yeah. And now we're sort of fluent in both. No, we're not. But anyway, I like to think we are. We're we're trying to be. But then we, yeah, we've changed careers. So we've gone from employed to being unemployed. So that's something. Yeah. 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 and yeah, we've had an amazing few months until coronavirus hit, which is crazy. Really um, thrown the whole cultural immersion, language immersion, whole thing out the window. But um, I mean, frankly, the problems we have are pretty trivial compared to what everyone else is going through right now. Oh, it's just horrible, and it's um, yeah, it's terrible. And like the Mexican government, just to you know, add a bit of a political dimension on this. Uh, podcast, which I'm sure our listeners are uh, sort of are here for, um, you know, the Mexican government has just been quite poor. And so like the president came out last week and encouraged people to, um, to sort of keep hugging and kissing and, you know, said basically, you know, Mexicans don't stop hugging and kissing despite global pandemic. So, you know, we're in really good hands at the moment. Um, yeah. But no, we, we're sort of cooped up in this quite small Mexican apartment. I'm a little bit like a dog. That just needs to be let out of the house like four times a day. Yeah, it's been a delight spending this time <laughs> I know, in close real, quarters. I am the worst person to be quarantined with. I'm, I must be so annoying. And now we've lost footy. Yeah. The one the one kind of semblance of normalcy. Um, although, what did you think about the AFL's decision to go ahead with round one? I thought it was pretty bizarre. I thought it was just so incompetent. I mean, it was always, it was always going, the season was always going to be suspended. And I just don't know why they were so obsessed with going ahead with it. I mean, we didn't even record a, a season preview, which I'm, I apologize to our loyal listeners for. Oh, I'm I know sure you, people are devastated. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> that they missed our sort of initial predictions for the season. But no, it's true. We didn't even record a season preview because we were so convinced that it was going to that the whole thing would be a non-starter. Right. I mean, because usually the AFL, frankly, just follows the lead of other leagues around the world. Um, when you have the NBA, the Premier League, all these different leagues suspending, I mean, it's only a matter of time. And and the idea that they would keep going until one player in the whole competition tested positive and then they'd have a 30-day suspension, it, it was just bizarre. It makes no sense. And I think it also, I mean, what did you think of the actual football games? I thought it was really awkward and eerie. Well, no, this is one thing I disagree with you on. I was very skeptical. And frankly, we watched a few highlights of some of the games before Melbourne and I was like, this is like watching a tap cup game. There's no atmosphere. I thought it was it's really boring. But when the Melbourne game came on, frankly, I got just as into it as with any other game. Um, really? I, I, I was definitely not into that game, but we can analyze it further later. But I don't, you know, maybe... I think there's different reasons you went into the, that yeah, game. Yeah. Here's the question. Would it have been better witnessing that shellacking with like, you know, 40,000 screaming West Coast supporters and, a you know, in, 
sort of writing every umpire, favourable umpire decision and every sort of slick piece of ball movement by West Coast? Or do you think that we could have, we were fine without it? I don't know. I mean, look, it was a bit surreal to watch, but I still really got into it. And I do now understand better the idea that, you know, you do want some level of normalcy at this time, right? And now we've lost the AFL rightly. Um, and I'm a bit sad about that because it was exciting to think about you Something know, other than coronavirus. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, what do you think of that Bedford? Or, oh, look, it's Neil Bullen again. You know, things like that. It kind of oh. it kind of keeps you going, you know. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Now I'm a bit sad. And who knows what's going to happen to the league? It seems a bit Yeah, so what are your stressful. thoughts on this player dispute? Are you sort of in the Lee Matthews camp? Or are you in the um, Jack Rewa, we put our bodies on the line because we did a charity match uh, camp? Well, yeah. I mean, my understanding of the dispute and haven't been following it very closely is that um, the players have made some statements which aren't very, which weren't very well advised, well, suggesting that they they weren't willing to take you know big enough pay cuts in case the league really is at risk of toppling over. Um, but I don't. But know. their statements were effectively like we did these charity matches during the bushfires, so you know we're so. I, it's just that's not really. I agree with Nick Rewald. That's not really winning the PR battle. I mean. At a time when you championing your work during the bushfire crisis, I don't think is helpful in this instance. Yeah. Um, look, look, they haven't been very smart, I don't think, in how they're framing it. And I do think Dangerfield comes across as a bit smug and annoying quite often. Yeah. Well, but, they've, they've offered 50%, right? And the league wants more. The league wants sort of closer to like 70, 80. I thought they've offered 20%. Is it 50%? No, but it's but 50%. Only, only for the next two months, I think. Yeah. I, I don't know. To me, I look, at the end of the day, the, the players are workers like any other group. And they do need to, you know, advocate for their own interests. So I respect that. I mean, we're that. in a capitalist society. I mean, like, well, you know, we, we don't have a problem. Well, as it's, in, I, mean, I don't know about the capitalist society piece. I guess for me, it's more so. But you can try and negotiate the best rate for yourself in any type of, you know, in any type no, of job. But I mean, if they're, if they're threatening the, the viability of the league, that's yeah. a problem. But for me, the issue is there's a lot of players who don't earn a massive amount of money. Right, And it's a problem when the people who come out there are Dangerfield and Rewald who are making several hundred thousand or a million bucks a year. But if you're some rookie listed player who's making, I don't know, 50, 60,000 or, or even a player making a hundred thousand and you lose your job and your house is on the line. I mean, that's real things, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I do feel a bit sorry for them. I just think they've been pretty incompetent in the way they've described all this. Yeah, I don't know. My view is uh, that I think it mostly sheds light on the sort of precarious financial position that the AFL is in. I mean, the fact that they even wanted to go ahead with round one is baffling to me. And it's just sort of suggests that they must be in real... thirsty. Seriously, like, was the money that useful, like, from round one? I mean, obviously it was financially and so for me that's the part that really stuns me is the fact that they are in they are in a seriously bad situation financially if they need to play a, a sort of a bridged round one with no atmosphere and you know just for the television rights and they're talking about cramming games into november and december yeah which is kind of amazing let me ask you a question which probably is a bit absurd given our performance against west coast but if Melbourne happened to do well this season... I mean, based on the performance we saw, there was no, no chance of that. But, but let's say it's some like weird 10-game 10, 10 round-robin or something and Melbourne happens to do okay, which is not impossible. Given smaller number of games, you're more likely to have just weird random variables and stuff like that. Would you feel conflicted about Melbourne winning a premiership this year? I mean, 
would I feel conflicted? No, because I'll take what I can get as a Melbourne supporter. Right. Like I was excited about the, what was that game with the Zuper Dupers? Oh, AFLX. I was happy about our AFLX premiership. I mean, that was enough to really get me going. So, yeah. you know, like I, I will take what I can get, Kieran. Yeah, I guess that's fair. And right now we're not really going to get anything. So let's talk about the West Coast game. Gosh. Um, so okay. Fairly briefly. Let's talk about, first of all, the documentary series, To Hell and oh, Back. Oh, yeah. So I... Which is probably the best thing the club has done in a good 10 to Right, except years. they're still in hell. That's <laughs> the problem. Like this whole series, again, this is poor marketing by Melbourne. No, it's good marketing. It conned right. us into believing that they're not in hell. Yes, but now that we all have seen how poor they really are, as if anyone is going to buy memberships to revive this club, it's probably going to end up merging with Hawthorne. This might be the year. I don't think Hawthorne wants us, frankly. I mean, look, they might not have a choice. I don't know. I mean, I think, honestly, people are going to say it is a very weird game, right? Because keep in mind, the players got into West Coast, uh, got into Perth very late at night because they took some super late flight for some reason. And then when they got there, they found out that the season was going to be suspended for 10 games. I thought they already knew before. Wasn't Gorn saying something to the effect that they knew a couple of days before that it was probably going to be suspended? No, no. It's on the day of the game. Okay. Um, so, So there's that. Um, and then they're playing, frankly, probably the best team in the league or pretty close to it. I mean, you look at West Coast team that they put out there. It is, it is full strength. It had Tim Kelly, had Nick Nat back. Nick Nat destroyed Gorn. Yeah, Gorn didn't have a great game. Um, you know, look, I think the team was pretty poor and we'll talk about all of the weaknesses, but I mean, West Coast was very good. West Coast are an amazing team and they're exactly what we're not. That's the thing. They really expose us. They're just such a good kicking team and they're slick. Yeah. We're just not. We just look so poor with the ball and so let's talk a little bit about I mean Gorn said he was sort of proud of the brave performance I'm not sure why it was brave I'm not sure what part of that suggested bravery but I mean his his point I think was you know they arrived late and so on but I thought he was really overselling it I was actually very disappointed in that press conference me too I thought he'd be a lot more blunt yeah I love Gorn and he's he's you know he's a really impressive guy but you listen to him and he's like uh, you know we felt right in the game till the end and I'm like did you watch the same game well, he like, played it, but yeah, I just feel like it was he, not, he got, he it did not feel like that at all. No, no, West Coast were, were clearly ahead. And okay, the statistics suggested the game was closer, but no one seriously watching the game no. thought, the, thought the teams were close. And in the third quarter, I think there was one tackle laid by Melbourne in the first, you know, 15 minutes. Yeah. I don't think they really came to play in the way they wanted to. I agree. One positive, Jack Viney. Yeah. Gosh, he was awesome. And he really, he was the only real Melbourne midfielder who could sort of hang his head, well, sort of hang hang his head high. What You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Hold his head up high is what I was trying to say. No, he was fantastic. And I hope that um, maybe giving up the captaincy helps him. Yeah. Um, just drives him. He's just going to be so ruthless. He looked like he had a bit of a point to prove. Yeah, I agree. But he played great. He was um, fantastic. I, and, you know, in terms of experience, I, I think Jones not playing actually did hurt us. Yeah, I agree. Because just Jones had a very good preseason. And, forward line. Yeah. So, and Salem as well with his kicking. Salem. So there was there was some, some you know excuses you can give them but geez a lot of problems i just don't need to no needs if we fixed any of the problems from last year i think we're still in hell that's why i think that this media team has just released this documentary far too quickly it all yeah. works fine if the team has a good season but if they look exactly the same as last season and if they finish second last again which they very well could i mean based on what i saw at least i mean i don't know maybe they're not going to finish second last it seems a bit extreme. And frankly, this year, I don't know if ladder positions really mattered that much. True, but... I mean, Goodwin's not going to lose his job based on this year, even if we're bottom of the table, I don't think. Well, let's talk about Goodwin in a second, but just in terms of our problems from last year, kicking and delivery, still terrible. Well, it is the same thing, you know? We did really well in the inside 50s, 
and we both didn't have good targets up forward and absolutely butchered it. Yeah. Absolutely butchered it. And you look at our forward line, you've got like Mitch Brown fighting with weed for this weird spot of the like ineffective key forward. Um, I like that that's a sort of slated spot now on the on the whiteboard, the ineffective key, sport, key forward spot. Yeah, Right. And, and Tom McDonald, just an absolute shadow of two years ago, again. You know, that's the problem, right? We do have just players who are who are just down and the, the trajectory hasn't been hasn't been helpful. So yeah. Tom McDonald, seven touches and two goals, admittedly, but still. Um, Hibbard seems to be sort of struggling a little bit. His disposal's just so mediocre he just kicks it long and high That's yeah it. it wasn't great Gus struggling Gus, a bit couldn't get into the game such a disappointment some yeah. really big turnovers look he got a bit better as the game went on yeah but when the sting was in the game just looked lost again well he just wasn't really to be seen and then Jeddah actually I hate to say it that no, breaks my heart no. but criticising Jeddah feels wrong yeah as a yeah. Melbourne supporter we're just so used to being like Jeddah is the most underrated player in the competition but yeah, yeah he didn't have a great game so that was that was, and look, it's round one, you know, and we might not see this team again this year, but just keeping in mind it is round one against West Coast with really not that much to play for yeah. in a lot of ways. And, you know, the world is – it's kind of the apocalypse, right, at the moment. So, I don't know, keeping all that in mind, but, but yeah, the game thought, wasn't that though, positive. But keep in mind, right, the whole point of the preseason is that we're the fittest we've ever been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Burgess has done all this stuff. They didn't seem all that fit. I mean, there was so much space for West Coast to to run around. Um, tackling was poor. Tackling was really poor. And then you'd think with West Coast not having the crowd advantage, that would be a leveral as well. Didn't see any sign of that. Well, here's my question. What did you think of the new recruits? We've got a bunch of them. So let's talk about Langdon. So Langdon, you know, he's got real strengths as a player. We finally have like a good wing. We finally have a wingman. Yeah. Sorry, I should say that. We should finally have a wingman who's really quick. And he looks like a good tackler and he seems like a nice guy and all that. But, you know. <laughs> now the hammer's about to drop. <laughs> well, no, but the disposal is just. Jeez, it is, yeah, it's just it's bad, not really it? like Bradley Hill, is it? Like, And that's no. the thing, right? I mean. And, and I talked him up hard you last did. off season. You did. Um, I was much and, more critical. And I'm still hopeful, but geez, his disposal's a lot worse than when I watched him in Fremantle. Yeah. Um, and maybe, yeah, maybe it's just not seeing him enough. I didn't realize how weak it was, but so many chipped kicks he had this one kick at the uh, at half back oh, where he just I kind of hacked kick. it up in the air yeah it reminded me of some of the kicks i would kick like it's really bad really really bad it went like 15 meters up in the air it wasn't <laughs> even it didn't even spin properly i don't even know what it was yeah that's yeah. not great um, uh, but look he battled hard he got 31 touches he did spread well like he's you a good know runner. I, no I, of course if he can sharpen it up and maybe he he handballs a bit more could be helpful i mean but isn't he meant to be like our sort of slick winger yeah, well, look, he's... Isn't he's, he meant to be our Lockie Whitfield? He's our accumulating winger. Oh, let's, I see. Let's okay. Let's not try and hope for too much. All right, so what about Tomlinson? Tomlinson was pretty mediocre, but... I mean, he was great, actually, during the preseason, but he, he, he was just pretty sort of disappeared a bit. Yeah, didn't get much of the ball. I mean, look, when he was playing at GWS, he was on the off wing, where they didn't kick the ball, and um, Whitfield was the on wing. So I guess maybe we've decided that Langdon is the on wing, and we'll try and... You know, set our attacks through there and leave Tomlinson on the other side. I don't know, but he was pretty quiet. Game one, give him a bit of time. Totally. Yeah. Mitch Brown? Look, Mitch Brown was underwhelming. Also solid in the preseason. So I can understand why they played him. To me, it's just so sad that Weed isn't playing. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it's a real kind of indictment on Weed, to be frank, yeah. that like he's in the reserves at the moment. Particularly I mean, in a game with two Ruckman. 
Yeah. Right? Gorn was getting slaughtered by Hickey and Nick and that. And surely you want Weed to be able to come in and help out. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure what that says about his standing in the team at the moment, but yeah. doesn't look to be good. What just, do just we part think? Of, just on Weed, does part of you think that at some point we might just need to say, look, you know, we're staking a lot on this guy. Let's just play him. You and know? just see how we And go. see what he can do, particularly in this bizarre season where it doesn't look like much is going to come out of it. Just play him. And if he's no good at the end of this year, maybe we have to trade him. And we have to... I'm always very nervous about trading key forwards very early because yeah. you never know. They get to like 26 and then all of a sudden they're just like jacked and able to actually stick all those marks. And so I get very nervous about doing that. But and so I just think that's... other young forwards have shown more. I agree. We well, really had maybe two really good games and yeah. admittedly there were finals. Yeah. But geez, he's played quite a bit. Um, that, but that's the problem. I think they would say that they have given him a lot of games, maybe arguably when he didn't necessarily deserve them. So yeah. it's just unclear what they're going to do. And and this season, who knows? But Cossie, pick it. Let's yes. talk about some positives. What an upside. I just wish he'd kick those two goals and then he would have finished with four. Gosh, he's good. He just looks so good. So um, good. Just so instinctive. Finally, we took a bit of a chance on like an exciting player high in the draft. I'm really happy with the club for doing that. Yeah, he's a reason to watch the games, right? Even in the last Oh, I was quarter. just cheering for him, basically, by the end of it. Oh, he was great. He's awesome. And the other debutant, um, Bedford, I mean, he made a couple of mistakes, but he looked pretty lively as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad they're playing him. I'm good for him. He's come from nowhere. Who, what, what pick was he? I can't even remember. I think he was pretty low. Yeah. In a draft maybe like two or three years ago. So, yeah, he's, he's done really well. I was happy to see him. So there was a few bright spots. I just think, like, all of our players who were down last year were pretty down again. Um, some of our, you know, purported stars like Petrarca were okay. Clary was okay. Clary was kind of a bit of a non-event for the first half. I think he was probably being tagged pretty hard. Yeah. Um, I do wonder, what does this year do for Simon Goodwin? So he's under, mm. if, if, cause the fact of the matter is we have a very hard first six rounds yeah. and if the games had continued being played and we'd ended up with sort of one or two wins or something like that after sort of, I don't know, six or seven rounds, he would have been in real strife. Definitely, yeah. Real strife. So does this just like prolong his, I mean, is he still just going to be the, he, well, I guess, what can they do? They can't sack him now. No, and look, I mean, who knows how many games we'll get. My guess is that we'll, let's just say this, I don't know, 10, 15 games and we win, I don't know, five or six. I don't think they're going to sack him in that situation. And frankly, I think it would be a bit harsh to do so. I mean, it's such a bizarre season, yeah. right? Like it throws off the preparation completely. I mean, how are the coaches meant to even prepare the players? Completely. Now, I mean, the one thing I would say is that I do think it's a, um, you know, Gorn was sort of at great pains to tell to, in his press conference to say that, you know, this was an improvement and this does look different, like a different Melbourne team. It's not the same. I mean, for me, it just looked exactly the same, right? Absolutely. Just like skill error after skill error, poor, you know, poor spread, turnovers, etc. Um, so if the team doesn't improve and just yeah. looks exactly the same, I mean, at one point, at what point do you just sort of say, we just have to, we can't keep pursuing with this? Because, I mean, you get into next year and you see round one, similar mistakes, poor kicking, you know, poor forward, you know, poor, poor forward mid-connection, winning the contested ball. I mean, what do you do? But then it's, you think about the financials of it, right? Yeah. The club is probably in serious financial yeah. strife now. It's hard to know how bad it's going to get. We can't pay out a coach early. No, completely. You know, so that might make the decision for us. It might just I mean, be a situation I think it where, you, would. Yeah. where you just write it out. Yeah, I don't know. What a weird year. What a weird year. I just hope we get some, some footy again, but I mean, it's hard to, mm. at the moment I'm pretty skeptical. 
that we'll, we'll get anything. Well, I'm more skeptical we'll ever leave the house again. That's my bigger concern <laughs> right now. So footy is second. Footy is second. This is but you know, real. if we get to leave the house and explore Mexico, that would be that would be nice. I want my my eat, pray, love sojourn to continue. That would be good. Um, um, Nits, despite no matter how big a crisis there is in the world, one thing must continue. What is, is that, Kieran? The Rowan Bale Award for most ah, underrated course. performance. Of course. Yeah, that's what the fans are crying out for. Um, I'm going to award it. Don't care about your opinion on this because you've always been a hater. May's job on Kennedy, I think, was very good. He did a great job, May. He really yeah. did. He did a very, very good job. Kennedy was a non-event. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and given how much ball was going in there, I mean, look, Kennedy didn't seem super sharp either. But I like the look of May back there. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a pretty good kick out. He's got a great big leg, doesn't he? Yeah. The thing I didn't love was that all these goals kept coming from like Archie and all these other, you know. Yeah. We, I, as I've said, Melbourne is extremely good at like reinventing people's careers. Well, were you pretty surprised that they didn't play Marty Hall? Yeah, I was actually. And he didn't do a huge amount in the preseason, but at the same time, he had such a good year last year. Yeah. And to play the, I mean, I think Oscar he was won okay. our like our riveting game against Gold Coast. Oh yeah, that's true. No, but but even in this preseason, I think he was promising. Um, so I don't know, a bit surprised by that. A bit surprised by the decision to select Spargo. Yeah, well, you've never liked the little people, have you? <laughs> no. Kieran always suggests that. Uh, Spargo, I do discriminate against. Yeah, Spargo and I are of similar sizes, and therefore. Well, I just think we're if, about five inches short, shorter than Spargo, don't you think? I just think if you're a little person, you need to have something elite, like right? Daniel Lloyd, like the, oh, or that or um, Brent Daniel. Oh, Brent Daniel, exactly, right? And Not Daniel Lloyd. Am I thinking of the right guy? I don't know how short he is. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of Brett Daniel. Yeah, Brett Daniel. Yeah. Um, or Caleb Daniel, or any Or Caleb Daniels. Daniel, yeah. that's it. Um, you need to have something, and I don't think Spargo has that. I've never seen that. It's a weird decision, but anyway. Look, normally at this stage, we'd be litigating the selection decisions, thinking about the VFL form. Now we're just wondering if it's ever going to start again, right? So it's all a bit depressing, isn't it? Yeah, well, I hope everyone out there is, is staying safe and taking care of themselves and their mental health and everything. <laughs> um, you know, it's a very, very challenging time for... For everyone in the world at the moment. So, yeah, our thoughts and hearts and everything are with... I was going to say prayers, but that seems a bit too biblical. So our thoughts are with everyone in the world right now, from the deluded family. Definitely, definitely. Um, And look, we will hopefully be back with you um, in a couple of months from now. Hard to really say. Yeah. But we'll be riding out the storm in Mexico City uh, and thinking of better times and probably watching some old clips of D's wins from yes. like Yes, if you have any old D's clips you'd like to share with us, please do. And if you have any ideas on how we can sort of improve the podcast this year, I mean, being unemployed, we actually have time to dedicate to this task now. So if you've got any ideas on improving the podcast, including um, substituting Kieran for someone else, that's that's welcomed. <laughs> yeah. Well, until the uh, future resolves itself, go D's. Go D's. <laughs>